Hi, and welcome back to I Love You. I know. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kevin. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and Star Wars. But it's mostly about Star Wars. Kevin, we finally made it. We're at the end. We are at the end, but does it really matter? It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't matter at all. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, this is going to be a loose show, and uh, you're going to hear, don't worry about it. It doesn't really matter quite a bit, because that's sort of the uh, the theme of episode nine. Don't worry about it. It doesn't really matter. We're going to get to the end. We're at the end. It's the end of the saga. It's nine movies. This is the last one. Don't worry about it. It's just fine. Yeah, J.J. Abrams, thank you very much. He uh, pretty much put together everything we wanted to see happen. And anytime you ask a question as to, wait, how did we get here? Why did this happen? It's, no, don't worry about it. It's good. Because it's what we wanted to have happen. Yeah, basically. Don't need everything explained. It's Star Wars. Sometimes things just happen and it's okay. Yeah, so we're not going to do the entire plot synopsis like we typically do. We're just going to tell you everything worked out exactly the way we wanted it to work out. Or so we think, right? More or less, yeah. Yeah, so spoiler alert. If you haven't seen episode 9, just stop this podcast right now, go watch it, and then come back. But basically, everything works out. This movie's very long, very complicated, uh, but nearly everything's resolved, right? Yeah, pretty much. I think there's like there were like one or two loose ends that I'd love to know more about. And I probably figure somebody's going to write a comic book or a novel or maybe make some yeah. additional content about them. Yeah, and we'll get to those in a bit. Um, but no, th- this movie's about a lot of feel goods. We get the things that we wanted as true Star Wars fans. That if you guys couldn't tell about how angry I was about Episode Eight from last week's podcast, you know, I'll just reiterate: I hate Episode Eight so much, and it really upset me. But Episode 9, all the feel-goods. Everything I wanted to have happened, happened. Um, You know, Kevin, I'll I'll rattle off a few of these. You tell me how you feel about it. Uh, Lando. Yeah, Lando's back. Um, Just kind of out of nowhere, uh, he's there. He's on some random planet that they happen to need to go to. Maybe because Leia sent him there. Maybe because he was already there. It doesn't really, it doesn't matter. He's there and he has an important piece of information for them that like unlocks part of the quest. And then he pilots the Millennium Falcon with Chewie and it's pretty great. Yeah, it's exactly what we wanted Lando to do. Yeah, he has one really good speech um, that, you know, because really by the time you kind of need him to do something, all of the other heroes are gone. And uh, Poe asks him at some point, like, how did you guys do it? And he's like, we had each other. We just did it. (laughs) Why are you thinking about it? It's fine. We just did it. It's okay. You can do it too. Yeah, I I mean, you know, besides the part about don't worry about it, it's about we have each other. And, you know, we we were talking about this right before we we jumped on to do this is, uh, you know, we're in, you know, a zillionth Wednesday into the quarantine or whatever. But, you know, it's about who you're here with and, and the person or people that are in your life that you're doing things with and the agenda that you guys all set out to accomplish together. Um, so Kevin, uh, in addition to you knowing that I love you, uh, you know, you're the only one I want to be in this quarantine with, right? And you too. I love you. I love you. I know. <laughs> so onward, um, other feel goods, uh, good wins over evil. We wanted that. Yeah. And you know, in the, in the end in sort of the pivotal final battle, um, the good guys went out, um, you know, some of the good guys die, but for the most part, uh, you know, the, the space battle, the good guys win the, uh, like the boss battle, uh, Ray defeats Palpatine in a nice little epic. He says, I am all the Sith. And she says, I am all the Jedi. And then she kills him. 
And he's dead for good this time. By the way, Palpatine, for some reason, is undead at the beginning of this movie. And yeah, then, don't worry about it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. How did he do it? doesn't matter. It's okay. Maybe he figured out the Plagueis thing. Whatever. It's fine. Now he's very much dead, and all of his cultists are dead, and all of his spaceships are dead, and the Sith are dead, and we're good. I think the only thing... I'll make my one sort of criticism of this movie or my one like I wish it had been done this way and I kind of get why they didn't do it this way but in the final pivotal scene um you know like Ray kind of gets beat up a little bit and she's she's down and she's looking up at the stars and she says be with me and she's hoping to have you know a connection to the Jedi that have gone before and she hears the voices of like all the Jedi and we get some Obi-Wan and we get some older Obi-Wan and we get some Yoda we get a lot of Ahsoka for reasons that I hope doesn't mean that she's passed on into the force but maybe or she that has. we might learn more things about Ahsoka that'll be awesome maybe I don't know it does season two Mandalorian I can't wait it's gonna be awesome uh, I think Leia might be up in there. Um, uh, Qui Gon is in the is in the cloud, and uh, and then that sort of gives her some some spirit and some oomph, and then she gets back into the fight. And Palpatine says, "I am all the Sith," and she says, "I am all the Jedi." And then she whips out a second lightsaber and kind of battles him back. It would have been very cool if they had thrown like Force ghosts of both sides behind them. So if like behind, um, behind like in Harry Potter. Kind of like in Harry Potter, yeah. But like if behind Palpatine we had Bane and Exar Khan and Plagueis and um, maybe Snoke, although he's a whole situation. And, you know, it's like some other Sith behind him and then her all the good Jedi lined up and then like they all kind of powers combine and funnel their power through them and she wins. That would have been a cool visual, but, you know, probably hard to pull off. Yeah, it wasn't necessary. What was important was that good beat evil. Otherwise, yeah. don't worry about it. Not yeah. important. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we see C-3PO. He's kind of a doofus as per usual, but he does have one heartwarming moment, which is really great when he's like about to, you know, have his memory wiped. And he's like, let me look at my friends for one last time. I thought that was sweet. A nice little tearjerker. It was. It was sweet. And it was and there was a nice little balance with that little Babu Frick guy who was uh, like a comic relief on top of the comic relief. Uh, and then... Um, yeah, and then C-3PO ends up being sort of the hero of the story, giving them the crucial piece of information that they need, mostly. Um, yeah, it, it just seemed like a weird plot device. So C-3PO has this ability to translate Sith, and he refuses to do so. And as a result, we have to introduce several new characters. We, we have to... I don't know why it happens. Don't worry about it. It's not important. Yep. Um, but anyway, you know, it, it is pretty sweet, though, that he looks at his friends and he's like, I just want to look at my friends one last time. Yeah. And then he gets back home and R2-D2's like, what are you even talking about? You don't know who I am. And then programs him back up with his memories and is like, you're an idiot. Yeah, yes. Uh, definitely true to form for R2-D2. For sure. Um, we we also see Luke as a force ghost. That's a good time. Yeah, that's great. At some point, Ray gets frustrated with the whole situation. Um, I guess it's after she finds out she's a Palpatine. She thought she killed Chewie. Then she found out she didn't kill Chewie. And then she's like, screw it. I'm going to the island. So she goes to, what, Achto or wherever uh, Luke was hiding out on the, on the first Jedi island. And uh, she's like, I'm just going to go here like like Luke did and, and die. She sets the TIE fighter. She stole Kylo's TIE fighter. She sets it on fire and she's like, I'm never leaving here again. And then Luke appears as a force ghost. And he's like, don't be an idiot. Like I was being dumb. It was really great because he got to say that he was making a mistake in in uh, in hiding out there. And um, and then uh, she takes his type or she takes his X-wing out of the swamp 
and she uses it to uh, to go save the day, which is pretty great. And he gives a nice little speech and he tells her important things. And it's great to see him one more. It's great that she finally flies his X-Wing. We needed that. That's right. I mean, we complained about that in the last podcast that, you know, we have like a Chekhov's gun fail here. And like we finally um, used Chekhov's gun. It just took a little bit too long. It was a whole movie later. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that's not how Chekhov's gun works. No, it's not. But, yeah. you know, JJ, I just respected JJ for going in there and, and doing that. All right, and, you know, one of the great things, we just complained about episode eight. It turns out you can totally skip episode eight. It doesn't matter. You don't need episode eight to watch this movie. That is totally true. There is some debate raging on Twitter, uh, mostly among people who liked episode eight and hated episode eight, and some people saying that exactly that, that it just sort of just glossed over it. And then there's a lot of other people that are pointing out that a lot of the things that episode eight set up Ray being the future of the Jedi and where Yoda said she has everything she needs. Turns out she does, right? And she takes care of it. Um, Poe, you know, the whole lesson of episode eight was how Poe should be a better leader. He ends up, um, after Leia dies, he ends up taking over the resistance and leading them to victory, more or less. Um, you know, the whole thing about nobody's coming to help us. And now everybody came to help us. And so a lot of the things that were set up in episode eight, are resolved in episode nine but at the same time if you went straight from seven to nine i'm not sure that you would really miss anything right because episode eight makes you think rose is a like pivotal person within the resistance and episode nine she does not have that role so no she's got like four minutes of screen time and you know and like her whole nascent relationship with finn gets wiped out and uh she really yeah she's just sort of she's there but she's not very important Episode 8, doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and then uh, one of the things I was really happy about, Kylo Ren dies, so that's pretty great. He does, and in fact, he dies twice, sort of. Yeah, no, so not only does he die as Kylo Ren, he basically comes back to life as Ben Solo, and then he dies again, which is great, because he dies to save uh, Rey. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd much rather have Rey than Ben Solo. That's right. And the th- and the way that Ray uh, the way that Ray kills Kylo Ren is is pretty awesome. Like basically they're having a fight. It's not going. It was actually one of the one. It's not one of my favorite lightsaber fights, but it's probably the most realistic lightsaber fight. And that it goes on for some time. And toward the end of it, they're both getting really tired. Like you don't usually see that in lightsaber fights. There's a lot of like force energy, but for some reason, when those two fight each other, their style is sloppy and they just get really tired. And at the end, they're just sort of whacking at each other and they're not really getting anywhere. And then I guess Leia sort of meditates, intervenes, distracts Ben Solo or distracts Kylo Ren, I guess at that point for a second. And Ray stabs him through the gut and it's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, no, it it finally brings an end to that. And it is good to have that resolution with Leia. Yeah. Um, we, we needed that because the actress Carrie Fisher had unfortunately passed away. And there was a shocking amount of footage that they had that they were able to use. Yeah, they used her dailies from um, mostly from episode eight. So dailies are are, you know, either extra scenes, cut film, or just sometimes apparently, and this is something I learned only in reading about how they had all that footage, but I guess actors on set, they'll just do like, they'll get in costume and in a set, and then they'll do some extra lines just in case you need them. So where she says, you know, you're the hope of the resistance, or we can get through this together, or Ray, don't be so bummed out about everything, you know, and, and just various random things that her character might say just in case they need to splice something in. They had hundreds of like hundreds of shots of that. And so they made something out of that. And that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, you, you got to give him props for that because I, I think if we hadn't been able to have a resolution with Leia, that would have been really disappointing. But again, this movie has pretty much everything we were hoping for. How we got there and how we get it, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about doesn't it. Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. So as far as our main characters, Poe, you know, you mentioned before, he basically learns to be the leader that he was um, told he should have been in episode eight. So that's good. Um he gets back with an old girlfriend who we didn't know he didn't have, but we learned that he used to have someone that meant someone something to him, and, and now he's got her. Yeah. So. There's a pretty funny thing when, when he runs back into her. Um, you know, she she tells all of his, his gang of friends that he used to be a spice runner, and, um, and Finn gets all in his face about it. He's like, you used to run spice? You were a smuggler? And he was like, you were a stormtrooper. And Ray says something. He's like, you were a scavenger. Why is everybody on my case? And then Finn just stays on him about it. And it's really, it's really just funny. He's like, dude, you were a freaking stormtrooper. Why are you on me about this? Well, I mean, I guess there's a difference because we learned that Finn was someone who was taken from his family as a small child and trained to be a stormtrooper. Presumably, Poe decided to get into smuggling and running Spice, which isn't great. Sure, but yeah. if you, it still feels like a little bit of a glass houses situation. Oh, completely agree. Completely agree. But yeah, so it turns out uh, Carrie Russell plays... Uh, you know, another bounty hunter or some kind of smuggler. I don't know. Random. Don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Not quite hero, but not quite a criminal. Somewhere in between on the gray there. She's probably a criminal, but she's a nice criminal. Yeah, like Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah. So he he's got a his lady friend will will come back into his life. So that's good. Uh. Finn. He finally figures out that like leaving the stormtroopers, joining the resistance, that wasn't just his like. And his his purpose was to be reunited with other stormtroopers that did the same. Yeah, so somewhere on one of the moons of Endor that is not the forest moon of Endor, which is now very clear. This is actually a, a nice clarification. This is very, very subtle and very, very nerdy. But there's always been this debate about is Endor the name of the moon or is Endor the name of the planet? Because they call it the forest moon of Endor in uh, Return of the Jedi. And then the Emperor calls it the Centauri moon. And it's never really clear if the moon's name is Endor or the planet's name is Endor. Well, in, for again, don't worry about it. There's a reason that they end up having to go to one of the moons of Endor. And they clearly say that it is the, like a different moon of Endor. Therefore, Endor is the planet. The moons are the moons. And they're on one that is not the Ewok forest moon, but it's where uh, parts of the Death Star uh, landed when it blew up. And there, for some reason, are a bunch of ex-stormtroopers like Finn, and he recruits them into the Resistance, which sort of brings his story to a different conclusion. I maintain he should have died um, fighting the battering ram and taking out the battering ram in Episode Eight. That would have, that should have been the conclusion of his hero's journey. But if he was going to be allowed to continue, getting all the way to recruiting other people into the Resistance is a nice way to wrap it up. Agreed, agreed. And especially because he was su such a reluctant hero to begin with. And that now he was like all in on being the hero and all in on bringing more people into the resistance. So I, I thought that was a nice end for him. Um, Ray, she figures out where she came from and she becomes a Jedi. So, you know, we wind up learning that she's the granddaughter of some couple that lived on Jakku that were descendants um either the mother or the father, we don't know for sure, was Palpatine's offspring. 
Um, it still makes me kind of wonder when he had that kind of time. He was so power hungry. He just didn't seem focused on procreation at any point. But yeah, there there are some books. I think if you uh, if you get around to reading the Plagueis book, which sort of talks about the transition from uh, Darth Plagueis leading the Sith to uh, Darth Sidious leading the Sith, uh, in his sort of early days on Coruscant, he was a bit of a player. Like he was young. He was wealthy. He was well-respected. He is clearly, you know, influential and also like he's he's a talker. Right. And so apparently he he kind of ran in some circles. So it's not impossible that he, you know, created some offspring at some point. Right. It just it it just seems like it would have taken him away from his power hungry path. But, you know, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. That's right. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, unfortunately, but we knew it had to come, Leia dies. So now Luke, Han, Leia are, are big three from the original trilogy. They're all gone. Uh, we needed to have that resolution. Yeah, and, and this trilogy was, was clearly set up from the beginning that one of each of them was going to die in each of the movies. And, um, you know, and Leia is sort of the logical third um, in that she was probably the best leader of them she had the most expansive influence even though luke was the jedi master his his influence was kind of niche among other force wielders and so it made sense for her to be the last one to go she had the most lessons to teach people and she stuck around long enough to teach them and then she moved on uh, to join the force right and one of the cool things that i like that we learned about leia throughout this movie is that at some point Luke did train her she was trained as a Jedi because she winds up having her own lightsaber and and she gives that to Rey and so at one point Rey's got both Luke's lightsaber and Leia's lightsaber and she's you know looking out for Kylo and she's got one for her one for him basically yeah and that was cool right right um like I said before I'm, I'm pretty pumped we're done with Kylo Ren he's dead uh the only real bummer to me is there's this really unnecessary kiss between him as Ben Solo and Ray. um and it, it's kind of gross because it's like she eventually declares herself a Skywalker so it's like now you're just kind of making out with your cousin and I feel like that is thematic. It, it keeps with the original brother-sister kiss in, you know, the original trilogy, which isn't great, but mm, not, yeah. not down with that. It's on brand for the Skywalkers, honestly. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, he dies, so she doesn't have to kiss him again. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Oh, we learn about force healing. That's pretty great. Yeah, that's pretty great. Um, yeah, apparently Ray figures out force healing, which is a power that has been, you know, sort of discussed in various books that are in both legends and canon, as well as obviously in video games that are canon. Um, the notion of force healing has been around, but we've never actually seen it in a movie. And she does it, and it makes a lot of sense. She and and the way she described like. The first time she does it, she doesn't really know what she's doing, but she figures out to do it when she they're dealing with some kind of sand demon. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. And uh, she decides to do it. And they're like, what'd you do? And she's like, well, force is life energy. I just transferred some of it from around me into this thing and then it healed. And everybody's like, yeah, that that tracks. That makes sense. But it was just, it was one of those, I don't know, maybe it's the engineer in me that's like, yeah, yeah, that's she just like she just invented a force power by like, wait a minute, I have this ability to like take energy from life and I'm going to put it into this other life and then it's going to heal it. That makes sense. That makes sense. 
Right. And it's also a nice tie-in to The Mandalorian, too, because right when this movie came out, there was an episode of The Mandalorian that was released on a Friday night that was like, you're going to want to watch that. Or no, they released it on Wednesday so that people could see the movie in the theaters on Thursday and have that like tie-in. And, you know, again, spoiler alert, as all of our podcasts have been spoilers, but, um, you know, we, we see Baby Yoda or the child and he uses this healing power. And so that's kind of like the little tie-in. I, I thought maybe we were hoping, hopefully going to see Baby Yoda in this movie, but not so much. It's fine. Um, but we see this healing power kind of translate through. So that seems like one of those really important aspects because I, I think Ben winds up using that at the end too. Yeah, that's so. right. I mean, he ends up using it to, to revive Ray, and, and, you know, he basically gives all of his life to her um, to be fair, if Baby Yoda had appeared in this movie, I'm pretty sure he would be more like angsty teenage Yoda, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're all ready for that. I think one day we're gonna have to see it, and I'm. I don't know. There's a lot of ways that can go. Right. I, I do like Baby Yoda. I don't yeah. know if I'd like angsty teenage Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. But Baby Yoda is a discussion for another podcast. For many other podcasts. Yeah. Um, a few other things that we we just really enjoy. The Sith are over. They're done. Yeah, this this one, you know, so the you know, the sort of the big bad and the underlying, you know, story in this in this whole movie is that Palpatine somehow is reborn. Um he has an entire cult of um the Sith Eternals uh and a giant fleet of star destroyers that each have planet destroying lasers somewhere on this planet in the unknown regions called Exegol. How did it get there? How did he build it all? Where did it come from? Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. I mean, literally, these Star Destroyers are like built by Quad Drive Yards, except that they can't possibly be because Quad Drive Yards is not on Exegol. But again, don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. Who's flying all these ships? Doesn't matter. But in the end, that fleet is completely destroyed by the random fleet of good guys um, Palpatine, when he dies, his entire cult is blown away by his death explosion and all the remnants of the Sith, you know, the Sith Wayfinders, uh, there are only two of them in existence. Those are destroyed. And so basically the Sith are wiped out. And the only person who can access the last remaining cache of Sith artifacts is Ray, because the only place they exist is in, uh, Palpatine's throne room on the moon of Endor. And she's the only one who can get in because it's a bio door. So... And maybe in rejecting the Palpatine name, she can't even get in there anymore. So it's the Sith are gone. They're dead. It's over. There are no more Sith. Yeah, we're ready to move on to the next phase of whatever is in store. for. That's right. Yeah. And like, surely there are going to be bad guys in the future. But for right now, there aren't. And um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, kind of Palpatine's grand plan was to suck the life force out of, you know, Ray and Kylo and basically rejuvenate himself. He was going to have an entire planet full of planet killers and he was going to create this thing called the Final Order. And then he was like, no, nah, maybe I'm going to transfer myself into Ray's body, looking at, you know, a younger, more vital um, life to to rule the galaxy as an emperor or empress. And uh, But it all backfires. And we also, you know, kind of moving into the phase of, you know, wait, what is that? What happened? Why does that matter? Don't worry about it. You know, these kind of unanswered questions. What's this like duo thing between Kylo and Ray? Oh they're yeah, like they're, a, they're a dyad in the force. 
Um, that's a new made up thing and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's another, you know, there's another prophecy that there's a dyad that they're somehow connected, which is why they, you know, every time they fight, it's awkward. Their minds can meld over long distances. They can somehow manipulate the physical world when their minds are merged, which is weird. And that they've got this weird relationship. Uh, it doesn't, it's another, like, doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. It's the first time this concept has been introduced as a, like a force thing. Um, it's up there with midi chlorians and, uh, Anakin being the one or possibly Luke Skywalker being the one who knows who the one really is. Maybe Ray's the one it's again, it doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a nice plot device. Cause it does give, um, Palpatine the ability to decide whether or not he wants to just revive himself or, or use Ray's body. He, he starts with Ray's body, ends up with revive himself. And in the end he loses. So it doesn't matter. Right. Um, you know, kind of when we're introduced to Palpatine as well, another thing that comes up, we see an entire giant jar full of Snokes. That's weird. It is weird. It looks like, and he says something to uh, Kylo Ren, I think, that that um, he made Snoke. And like, I think it, he means it somewhat literally that he has some kind of like, either it's some janky clone thing or he's growing Snokes and then sending them out into the universe. It's weird that if he were growing an entity that he would grow one that's like pretty deformed and gruesome looking. And, you know, it's another one of those, I guess it just saves us from having to ask the question, where did Snoke come from? It's apparently Palpatine just made him and sent him out. Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Right. Um, You know, you pointed out earlier, you know, that we've got this battle at Exegol and we've got the like throne room battle, if you will. And then there's a space battle and the space battle, the resistance, they're not going to win. There's way too many um, battleships built for the first order. And then, you know, like somehow the message has been put out into the galaxy. And, you know, you, you pointed out that Lando and Chewie go out to rally the force. And that makes sense because they're in the Millennium Falcon, which as we know is, you know, did the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. But so they can run around the galaxy super duper fast and spread the word. But those other ships, not the fastest ships in the galaxy. How do they get there? Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. But it is strange because the resistance guys start from some planet in the outer rim and they go to the unknown regions, which is outward from the outer rim. And then at the same time that they leave, uh, Chewie and Lando head toward the core and they go to the core. They have a bunch of meetings with people, convince a million other ships to come with them, fly all the way from the core to the unknown regions through the magic tunnel to Exegol and get there 10 minutes after the battle starts in time to save everybody. It does not like they're even in like weird hyperspace time warp time doesn't make a lot of sense, but doesn't matter. It's pretty good Star Wars and everybody shows up, including the ghost. Right. And, and that's a, a nice little tie in. We haven't really talked about Rebels that much, but that was that was a nice little tie in. I enjoyed seeing that. Yep. Yeah. Um, You know, there's this weird sword map thing that you know, basically points to where they need to go. Yeah, it's a very, uh, it's it's almost a Goonies reference to to all y'all Gen Xers out there um, where they've got, uh, it's it's the like the three-eyed rock thing where you kind of look through the hilt of the dagger at the exact right place and it points you to where you need to be. The weird thing is that it would appear that the dagger is a 
maybe pre-Clone Wars, certainly pre-Imperial construction. And the dagger has a description of where to find the second wayfinder written on it in the Sith language. And it was in possession of a Jedi hunter, which presumably is at very least in the early days of the Empire, if not pre-Imperial. Yet, the dagger points to and is mapped to a specific location on a mood of Endor, and it shows the location of um, Emperor Palpatine's throne room in the ruins of the Death Star, which couldn't possibly have been known pre-Imperial because the Death Star, of course, hadn't crashed until the Emperor died. So it's a wacky plot device that leads them in another step of the journey that kind of can't exist. But, you know. Doesn't matter. Don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. Right. Um, there were a few things that I think were a little disappointing that we didn't get resolution on, but it still doesn't ruin this movie because we enjoyed it, clearly. Um, but we never learned how Maz Kanata got Luke, Skywalk, uh, Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. Yeah. Um, you know, one can assume that on, you know, on Cloud City, the hand and the lightsaber fell down a garbage chute and somebody retrieved it. But the whole story of how she got it really never gets told. Um, and she said it was a story for another time. And I'm really bummed out that she said that it was a story, but we didn't get it. Yeah. I bet you, Nickel, that's going to be in a comic book sometime. Yeah, but I don't read comic Yeah, I don't really either. But, you know, I'll read the tweets about the comic book and then I'll know the story. And then you'll tell me? Yeah. All right. That's okay. Um, we also don't know who's going to rule the galaxy. So the resistance, there's no leaders left. Yeah, I mean, all of the, all of your traditional leaders are pretty much dead, right? The New, Le- New Republic government's dead. Leia's dead. Han's dead. Lando's around. He could maybe do it, but he doesn't seem like the guy to do that. I would not put Lando in charge. No. Probably not, no. Um, and then, you know, the First Order, most of their leadership is dead. The first, Some of the First Order is still around, but Hux is dead. That guy who used to be an Imperial guy whose name, I don't know that we ever get his name, but, you know... He's dead. It's just a bunch of sniveling, power-hungry, wannabe Grand Moff Tarkins. That's all that's left. Yeah, and so they're not going to do a good job running the show. So the galaxy's going to be in, like, you know, the huts are probably going to take over. But, you know, that's pretty standard. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, We don't really know how Palpatine survived. Like, he fell into a bottomless pit architecture that, you know, par for the course. And then here we are, and he's back alive. Who saved him? How did he do this? Yeah. We just stumble across him. I mean, not only did he fall into a bottomless pit, but he fell into a bottomless pit that ends at an energy reactor that was subsequently blown up and the station he was on was blown up in a giant explosion. He's pretty dead. Like Maul survived getting cut in half and thrown down a bottomless pit because his strength of the dark side and his hatred for Kenobi in that moment sort of kept his body from dying. But that can only get you so far. Uh, Palpatine, he got... He got incinerated, blown up, and fell into a bottomless pit, and yet somehow came back. Uh, evidently, he figured out whatever Darth Plagueis was cooking up um, when Darth Plagueis died in terms of uh, immortality or something. It does then obviously lead to the possibility, is he really, really, really dead now? It looks like he's pretty dead. Like, Ray killed him pretty good. His face melted. His bones exploded um, in person. I think he's gone. I would agree. It really did seem like they were just trying to get rid of every good guy and bad guy from the original trilogy. And I think he's done. Yeah, I think he's done. Yeah. The only guy who really survived, you know, like when you think about it, the only the only um the only people who survived this whole thing is the only sentient organic that survives the whole thing is Chewbacca. Right. And doesn't Chewbacca have a wife and kids back on Kashyyyk? 
Maybe. Yeah, maybe. If At uh, this well, point, I guess probably the, not. The holiday special is canon, so he has a kid. Whether um, Mala is still his wife, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would have waited around. I would have considered looking for a new husband. Yeah, it's been like like forty years. Yeah, he doesn't look like the kind of guy that's been writing home. No, probably not. Yeah. Um, and then C three P O R two D two make it through the whole thing. They do. They they've do. been they've been around since the very beginning, and then other than that, there's and and then Lando's been around since you know a good chunk of it. Yeah. Uh, other than those ones, there's no one really left from the original, right? No, I don't. Tarkin's think so. dead. Vader's dead. Palpatine's dead. Luke's dead. Leia's dead. Han's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think what's really nice about this, though, is that it allows Disney the creative ability to move forward with uh, Star Wars as a franchise and not upset true fans like yours truly over here because it's going to be all new content, which I, I think we've seen evidenced by like The Mandalorian, how well-received that's been by people like you and me and people who maybe aren't super into Star Wars but really enjoy it too because there's no um, comparison to what it's quote-unquote supposed to be. Yeah, it looks like there's evidence that the next direction they're going to go is into the High Republic, which is um, they're going to go into the past, into the height of the Old Republic. Oh. And uh, and do some Jedi and Old Republic stuff. Now, who was the Sith Master in charge back then? Uh, the time period they're shooting for is in one of the gaps where we don't really know. Um, somewhere after, because it's Bane and then Darth Hanna, and then there's a little bit of ambiguity for um, a good couple of centuries until Darth Tenebris and then Plagueis and then Sidious. I think they're going to go back into that time period and whether the Sith are going to be the bad guys or something else is not entirely interesting interesting um you know one of the other things that we talked about is that there are a few uh plots that are left kind of hanging um that we may see resolution perhaps in the mandalorian perhaps in season seven of the clone Wars. so why don't we see baby yoda to your point he might be angry adolescent yoda at this point but where is he um, why do we hear Ahsoka talking to Rey? Like, what happened to her? Her story is still yet to be told. Um, we know at the end of Rebels that Ezra is, you know, kind of still out there. And, you know, maybe we're going to find him. Where is he throughout all of this? So we might see all of this in The Mandalorian. Um, but there's supposed to be additional content at some point, right? Yeah, um, I mean, the the Mandalorian and then, you know, the remaining couple of episodes of season seven of Clone Wars are the only planned content that could answer those questions. So, like, if you look at the if you look at the Disney roadmap um, for Star Wars content, there's season two of the Mandalorian, which is going to feature Ahsoka. And we don't know who else, but hopefully that'll give us some answers on the Baby Yoda and um, maybe some answers on Ahsoka. We have season seven of the Clone Wars are probably not going to give us any new information on those storylines because we sort of know what happened to all the characters um, after that. Um, And then there is a planned Kenobi show. But again, the Kenobi show takes place before A New Hope. So we're probably not going to get any long term answers of what happens there. And then there's going to be a show about Cassian, too. But again, that's going to take place prior to Rogue One. So probably not seeing anything there either that's right so i think the answer to like where does ahsoka story end unless it ends 
in the Mandalorian, um, you know, we may not see her story end until there's some other new content. And there's been a lot of demand for her to have her own show or a movie or something. I was just going to say that I would be very excited if she's very well received in the Mandalorian and as a result gets her own movie or own show. Yeah. I mean, you could see them doing either a movie following what happens to her in the Mandalorian or going back and having like, I would love to see a movie of her and Sabine finding Ezra and then whatever happens with that whole situation. I would watch that. I would watch that. I mean, actually, in all fairness, we have watched all Star Wars content. So at this point to say we would watch it is, you know, pretty much redundant. We if it's got the Star Wars logo, we're watching it. But we've really gotten off uh, task here. Yeah, so a bit. We're, we're really into this. We're very happy with how this movie ended. You know, again, it's extremely long. Um, the plot itself kinds, tends to kind of wander, right? It does. I mean, it just, it sort of goes through. It's a very, you know, kind of like a classic quest-based um, movie where, you know, everybody's looking for clues to find their way to get to this planet to have the final showdown. And... Um, and so there are a lot of these sort of random side quests and, and threads and things and people coming and going and running into each other and, and everything. But it's, yeah, it's, it's fast paced. It's a little bit vignette-y. Um, and again, the plot isn't really the most interesting. There are just, there are a lot of good scenes. There's, it's very, very good Star Wars. It's really great Star Wars and that's really all there is to it. Um, you know, the very end, Rey uh, constructs a new lightsaber and then she leaves it's it's interesting. The ending, I think, is really kind of funny. So Ray goes back to Tatooine, back to the old Skywalker home. Technically, it would be her first time going to Tatooine. Okay, right? we go back to Tatooine. Yes. It's Ray's first time on Tatooine. And she goes to the Skywalker homestead that Luke grew up in with Luke and Leia's lightsabers. And in a nice little throwback to kind of her opening scene, she finds a piece of metal and slides down a sand hill into, you know, the house. And she looks around the house And then she takes Luke and Leia's lightsabers and buries them in the sand outside of the Skywalker homestead. It looks like where Luke buried his Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, though. Yeah, which is also where um, Shmi Skywalker is buried nearby there as well. And... It's and and then some old random old woman walks up to her, which why there's an old woman there doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. And she says, "Who are you?" And she says, "I'm Ray Skywalker." And then the old woman walks away, and she lights up a new lightsaber, and it's basically her staff. She's turned into a force pike, and it's a yellow lightsaber, which is traditionally the color of the of the Temple Guardians, um, and makes her sort of a guardian Jedi. Um, the funny- and I like the sunset. It's a really nice parallel to how we're introduced to Star Wars at the very beginning with Luke Skywalker standing out with the suns. Yeah. So I, I thought that really rounded it out nicely. And sort of in the background, you see this like sort of ghostly apparition of Luke and Leia. The wild thing about it is that Leia never lived on Tatooine. In fact, the only time Leia was on Tatooine was when she Ooh. was slave girl Leia, prisoner of Jabba the Hutt, right? So like burying her lightsaber there only makes like two percent sense and then well she couldn't go back to alderaan rue yikes and so you kind of have to round it out there and it's a nice little tribute but it is a weird thing to put leia's lightsaber there and then like that place has nothing to do with leia yeah yeah not great not great um the other nice parallel i thought was you know at the end of return of the jedi Darth Vader sacrifices himself to save Luke. He knows he's 
in killing the emperor, it's going to kill him. And so I, I really thought that, you know, kind of with Kylo Ren dying, basically being reborn as Ben Solo again, you know, he knows he's sacrificing himself to save Rey. And I thought that was really nice because he kept trying to be like his grandfather and he finally was. He, yeah. like, actually got it right. And it turns out when he wasn't trying to be a villain, he was able to be more like his grandfather. Yeah, that's a that's a really great point. And I think that is a really great uh, resolution to his story and a really nice parallel. I agree. Yeah. So as far as relationships go, uh, you know, Really, no one's going to live happily ever after. I, I don't think we're going to see anyone, you know, meet their soulmate at the end of this movie and move on. Maybe Poe and his girlfriend, maybe, but... Eh, maybe Finn and that, the Stormtrooper girl that he kind of seems to have a thing for, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Ray kind of doesn't have anybody. Um, yeah, there aren't... There aren't a, and, like, again, she continues to have a weird relationship with, with Ben Solo, um yeah there's yeah there's not a lot of great like there aren't a lot of great solid relationships in the way that we would want to see uh in in this whole situation but what i will say is that it's a solid movie to see with the one you love oh for sure yeah yeah so that's good that's great yeah so i feel like the prequel trilogy we kept ending on one low note after one low note and then you know, last week, obviously, you guys heard how angry I was. I was really just not feeling episode eight. But now I, I'm feel like filled with hope and a lot of good feelings. And, you know, this is a good a good way to end the, the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. So what are we going to talk about next? So we have a few other things that we can get into. We like you said earlier, we never got into Rebels. So we can talk about that. We've not really talked about the Mandalorian. We can talk about that. Um I definitely we have at least one episode coming on the long and complicated story of Darth Maul or Maul in general. Right. And we might need to wait until season seven of the Clone Wars is over. That is true um, to finish out Maul's story, because that's quite a story that may be a two parter. Um, I would probably like to talk about Ventress's story. She has a really interesting whole life arc she's one of the more interesting characters uh breaking ahsoka's life down i think we're going to get into probably some character stories that span multiple parts of the franchise and talk about how they've sort of you know how they put their lives together and how that flows in with all of these events that are happening around them um and then maybe some uh, some other topics thematic things about uh the different wars and how they affect each other or even get into some of the alternative media and the and the uh the stuff outside of the main trilogy that sounds great. Yeah, there's lots. Look, there's plenty of Star Wars. I have yeah. a room full of stuff. There's plenty to talk about. We've only scratched the surface, you guys. We have. This is only the beginning. This is the, this is the easy stuff. This is like this is the this is the basics. Um, and now we're gonna get into the now we're gonna get into the, like the really nerdy stuff. Oh goodness. But that's where we're going. I love you. I know. <laughs>